Welcome to Terrific Tips for Business, where we help you catch the ideas that stick. The point of the podcast is to help you overcome hurdles so you can master your business. I'm your host, Terry Watkins, owner and chief idea catcher at SpinFrogs Consulting, where I work with small business owners to find the pitfalls in their marketing and lift them to success. Let's get to the show. Welcome to another episode of the Terrific Tips for Business. I, of course, am Terry Watkins, your terrific host of the day. And I am so thankful that you are here with us for another action-packed conversation with an amazing entrepreneur, businesswoman, sharing some really important tips with us. That's what I love about this show is we always talk about things that help us improve our business, our lives every day. And so today I have the honor and privilege of speaking with the one, the only, Linda Fostek, and I can't wait to share her with you. So she is an international speaker and she is actually known as the crisis planner. Her radio show is Get Off the Worry-Go-Round. Isn't that fun? It's just fun. She's also a best-selling author, a life coach, and consultant to facilitate recovery and avid family, avoid family conflicts, sorry, and control chaos when facing personal and natural disasters, hence the crisis planner. We love this. This is awesome. Um, She carries on her late father's legacy through her books, and now what? Shit happens, password, passport, and the crisis planner home system. She, she's an avid author, guys. Now you know why she's here, right? We talk all the time about challenges that we're facing in our life and our business, and Linda's here to help us get that all organized. Named in 2017 Networker of the Year by 516-631 ads, I'm not familiar with 516-631 ads, so I'm sure there's an interesting story behind that. She was profiled in the LinkedIn Business News the who's who of 2018 business services and who's who visionary within their business. And she was also honored as the New York power woman by the Long Island Press and Queens Courier. What an amazing, amazing set of accomplishments. I'm so thankful to have her here. She's also the co-leader of the NASU and Selfbook chapters of Women's Prosperity Network. She's a certified speaker, member of the One Philosophy Founders Circle, Awakening Giants Mission for Global Transformation, Pulse, Orin, and ACP. She's a founding board member of the Caregivers Resource Network, board member of LINAIPC, which I'm not familiar with those letters stand for, but I'm sure she'll tell us, and a member of the Suffolk County CERT, Community Emergency Response Team, creator of the Science Labs and Learning Platform for Young Children to Cultivate Imagination, Creativity, and Problem-Solving Skills to Make the World a Better Place Now and in the Future. Linda has appeared on numerous TV, radio, and podcasts locally and nationally and has appeared on stages in India, England, and Cuba. She's currently the host of the Linda Fostek Show, Get Off the Worry Go Round, 
on Brave Bold Bold Brave Media. And I was a guest of that show not that long ago. So she's going to share her contact information with you as we get into the conversation. But without further ado, Linda, thanks for joining us today. It's so great to be here today. <laughs> it's so great to have you. That background is beautiful, by the way. Yeah, well, we're, we're, we've got a significant amount of snow up here in New York right now. So I, I thought a snowy background would be appropriate. <laughs> Let's all of us Southerners see the snow that we don't get to see when we look out our window. <laughs> I don't know. They're saying North Carolina's due for some snow this weekend. Are they really? I'm just going to hide in my house. It's okay. It's been so cold. I've pretty much been hiding in the house. <laughs> Not going to lie. Totally true. Linda, how did you, it seems like you have been so accomplished as a writer, as a businesswoman. You've just done so many things. How did you end up as known as the crisis planner? Like when did that start? Well, it's really interesting because I spent 35 years in corporate America in sales, working in grocery sales and pharmaceutical sales. And, you know, I, I, that was my background, but it was never in my heart. And what I find interesting is there's a thread that has gone through my entire life. My father was an engineer. And if I had a problem or a complaint about something, he never let me just complain. He said, so what are you going to do about it? Such a good made, question. He made me think through a solution. Now, when I would think through a solution and I bring it to him, it wasn't necessarily the right solution. But the fact that I went through the process of thinking about how to fix it, then we negotiated and we came out with something that worked for both of us. So I've always been problem solution oriented. And in fact, one of the jobs I had early on in my career, I lived on a tiny little island in the middle of the Pacific called Kwajalein. And when I say tiny, it was 1.2 square miles, a dot in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. The highest elevation was six feet out of the water. And when I was going to say that small, you're lucky you didn't get swallowed up by a wave. <laughs> well, we had a typhoon. Oh, no. And there were 15 foot waves breaking on the breakwater in front of my trailer and I had to go to work that day because my job on that island was I was manning the trouble desk and that was like the precursor to 911 so anybody who was having an emergency was calling into the trouble desk so I literally I waded through knee-deep water dodging coconuts walked a quarter mile to my office and uh, the phone is ringing off the hook. My trailer's being washed out to sea. My outlets are sparking. A coconut tree fell on my trailer. All this stuff is happening because it's the middle of a typhoon, right? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, okay, pull the main breaker and get to higher ground. Pull the main breaker. That's all I could tell them because nobody was coming to help them because they, we didn't have the resources and it, it took us completely by surprise. Oh my God. In the middle of all this, somebody calls up and tells me their typewriter is broken. And I was like, excuse me, um, do you see what's going on out there? Do you think you could call back tomorrow? I don't think the typewriter repairman is coming out today. But I kind of learned how to triage disaster. You know, it was like, okay, you know, they have a plumbing problem. I sent the plumber out. If they had an elect, I, I mean, whatever the problem was, that was what I was doing. 
So, Isn't that what we do though? We learn to triage disasters or we learn to triage to, to avoid the fires so right. that there, there aren't fires. Right. So that's and really you interesting. Prioritize, you prioritize your triage, you know, it's like, okay, what's the most critical thing you take yeah. care of that first. And then you take care of the next thing. So the typewriter was pretty low on the list. <laughs> that, day, that particular day. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, and I was, a uh, I was a girl scout growing up. So problem solving has been part of my career and I think it made me a more valued employee because instead of whining and complaining when things weren't working I would always present a different way of doing it whether they listened to me or not they valued my opinion because I was thinking about how we could fix something that wasn't working so it it kind of went through my whole career and when I was invited to retire from my uh pharmaceutical job at the age of 60. I was like, okay, so what's next? I mean, I'm certainly not ready to retire. And I actually was inspired uh, at an event with Laurel Langmire and Kevin Harrington. Um, Kevin Harrington invented the infomercial. He's the one of the original sharks on Shark Tank. He put Ginsu knives on the map. Sure. You know, yeah. and so he owns a company called As Seen on TV. I've seen that. Yeah. Okay, that's that's a brand. That's yeah. not just a tag they put on a label. That's his brand. He gets presented 20,000 items a year and he picks 20 to 30 to put his brands on. So somebody wow. asked him, how do you sort through all of that and pick the ones that you put your brand on? Yeah. And his answer was so ridiculously simple. It was like, if I see something that fills a need, I feel compelled to bring it to the marketplace. At which point, it was like a light bulb went on over my head. I swear everybody in the room could see it. I thought of something my father had created 23 years earlier. Now, again, my father, the engineer, always problem solving. When he was 70, he saw a lot of his friends losing their spouses. The one that was left was thrown into total chaos. Uh, the husband had never run the washing machine. The wife had never written a check. So he set out to write an owner's manual for your house. <laughs> well that's we super handy why don't we get owner's manuals with our yeah, house have an owner's like, manual for your car and there's right. a lot more things that can go wrong in the house right so, and if i had an owner's manual for the house i live in i might have been able to use the fireplace that i have downstairs for the last three years that i've lived here but i don't know how to work a gas fireplace i grew up with a wood fireplace i have no idea how to use it <laughs> there you go so but he, he, as an engineer, it was written like an engineer. It looked like something an engineer had put together and he had no idea how to market it. So it sat on a shelf for 23 years. And oh as I God. sat in that room, listening to Kevin Harrington, I said, we need this now. Baby boomers are taking care of their aging parents. We're also facing our own mortality. Our children are growing up and moving out on their own and they have no clue what they're doing when they buy a house or rent an apartment or, you know, they're calling us every other minute. Uh, how do we do this? Or what, what this just happened, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and you're not close by, so you can't like run over there and fix it for them. So I said, I need to update this. So that set me on the journey of becoming the crisis planner. Wow. And, and it, it transcends through everything because literally, I mean, what have we been going through in this last year? We've had four simultaneous crises, <laughs> if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, 
and it's like nobody in the world would have thought that the world would come to a screeching halt like it has and how it's affected our businesses and how it's affected our lives and our livelihood and our health and you know our our way that we perceive each other you know so this timing right now it's like we need to control what you can control because mm-hmm. it feels like everything is spinning out of control miss spin frogs <laughs> but you're so right like uh, there's a saying that something like um give me the the wisdom to or give me the power to control the things I can control the wisdom to know that I can't control everything and something to to be able to determine determine the difference right something like that is how it goes and it's a great quote it's from AA you know and they say that every time I mean it's like um because there's things you can't control so I mean, I've always been one of these people, I divide worry into two categories, the things you can control and the things you can't. Well, if you can't control it, why worry about it? Because there's nothing you can do about it. Amen. And if you can control it, then get off your butt and do something about it, <laughs> you know? Yes. So, and then you don't worry because that's my whole thing. Get off the worry around. Worry creates stress, which creates all kinds of negative stuff in your life across your health, your well your livelihood your business your personal relationships stress is like the killer um so i i i interviewed actually um dr mccaffrey on my show a couple weeks ago and he's a um one of these doctors that is thinks out of the box you know he's not he does both traditional and holistic medicine but I said, what is the number one thing we can do to stay healthy during the pandemic? And his answer was turn off the TV. Oh my God. Because fear is feeding this frenzy of illness and despair and depression. And it's just because it's creating so much stress in our lives. It really is. I mean, and we can look at other countries like Mexico and what's happened there. And they haven't had nearly the outbreak that the United States has had, but they have like just as many people there in a smaller area. So how have they been able to control that outbreak? All of their media around it is positive. It's uplifting. Mm -hmm. It's don't worry. If you get sick, we've got you. Like, it's amazing. And you know better than I do because you were there. Yes, I did go to Acapulco in October. And, you know, it just, even the, the subtlety of language, yeah. In the United States, they call it social distancing. Mm. Oh, what a negative term that is. That actually makes my skin crawl when I hear that term. Because it's like, it's, it's separating us. It's creating a, 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 a chasm between us. In Mexico, and I've been calling it this forever, they call it sana distance. Sana distance means healthy distance. So you're, you're respecting others by maintaining that healthy distance. It's not a negative thing. It's a very positive way of looking at it. I like it. I had a friend when I was in college who was from Ireland who would call it his personal sparse, his personal space. He was yeah. from Ireland. So I can't do an Ireland, Irish accent like he can, but it was his personal space. Well, <laughs> his you personal know, space bubble. When you can think about it, the Latin American countries are much more comfortable and much closer personal space. So for them to 
do this healthy distance, it, it, it needed to be presented in a positive way because people wouldn't have done it otherwise. Absolutely. Well, and I think that's one of the things that, that our, our country is having a hard time with is because we're used to, I mean, especially in major metropolitan areas like New York City, we're used to being sardined in and, and being able to have that physical contact with people. I miss hugs. <laughs> I, yeah, I miss hugs too. I mean, I would go to a networking event with 30 people and half of them at least would be friends of mine. So I'd walk in and get 15 hugs, like 15 hugs in an hour, let alone a day, like to go days with the hugs from my husband, as much as I love my husband, <laughs> like it's one, it's one hug. <laughs> I know. But, you know, so what we've been going through is actually highlighted how unprepared we were. Oh, yes. For a disaster. And, you know, so what I have is a bunch of tools and resources that people can utilize to, first of all, identify the plans they already have in place, because they might be surprised how much they actually do know. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and I think that's when they start doing the inventory, because there's like 70 items in this book that are detailed. And, you know, oh, yeah, I got that. I got that. I, yeah, I got that. Oh, here's a, here's a gaping hole. This I need, you know. So once you identify what you have, then you can figure out what you're missing and fill those blanks in. Then you organize it in a, a system that you could find everything and your family can find it when they need it. Because you don't want to be sending your family on a scavenger hunt without a list. Thank God. I know, <laughs> you know? right? It sounds so terrible. If you put everything in one place, you have all the numbers written down, the account numbers, the contact numbers, everything written down, your passwords. I mean, I worked with a gentleman who his wife died unexpectedly at the age of 35. And she handled all the finances. So, and she did everything online. He didn't have the password to the computer, didn't know what bank they used, and had no idea what bills to be paid because they didn't get physical bills. And all he could do was cry. And I literally had to get somebody to help him get into the computer and reconstruct everything so that he could actually function. But, you know, that's the kind of thing that can happen, you know, and you think of it as happening to an older person, but it can happen to anybody at any time. Yeah. I mean, we're not guaranteed this life, right? We're just, we're just borrowing time every day that we're here and thankful for the time that we have, but that's all it is. It's just borrowed time. Mm -hmm. When our number's up, our number's up. We don't exactly. know when that's going to be. So, so yeah. no, you have it organized, you put everything together. And then the key is the communication. Who needs to know and what do they need to know? They don't need to know everything. They just need to know where to find it. You know, and a lot of like my parents' generation who were, you know, the depression generation, they're, they're, that generation's a little afraid to share information, you know, because, oh, my kid's going to steal it or, you know, God knows they're going to throw me out in the street or something. But if your children know where to find it, and the, probably the most important thing they need to know is if you have a long-term care policy. Because the saddest story I ever ran into was um, a family had a father who had Alzheimer's. They did home care 
as long as they could, spent all his money, and finally he had to move into a nursing home. And in order to do that, they had to sign the house over to Medicaid to pay for the $15,000 a month bill in the nursing home. No, and that's terrible. So now he dies three, four months later because he really was that at the end of his life. And that's when Medicaid makes you sell the house. They don't make you sell the house until the person is dead uh, because they feel that the, psych the psychology behind it is that person may get better and then they need some place to live. So they don't make it. So they're cleaning out the house and that's when they found it in the bottom drawer in his bureau, a long-term care policy that not only would have saved the house, but would have paid for all his home care. Oh man. And there was nothing they could do retroactively. So there's certain things your family does need to know. And, but Mostly they just need to know that you have it all together and that they can find it. And the same thing goes for your business. I was just going to ask, so does this have a, a ripple effect into our business, especially since most of our listeners are females, they might be single mothers. Um, how does this affect them? Like, what are things they need to be thinking about? Well, you know, and when you think about your business, okay, what protections do you have in place for your business? Uh, do you, what legal protections have you set up legal entities? Have you, do you have your business insurance? Do you have errors and emissions insurance? Have you trademarked and protected your intellectual property? Um, copyrighted your material? Um, if you have a small business with a couple of employees, each employee is really important in that business. What happens if they suddenly get sick or they suddenly have to become a caregiver to their spouse or a parent and they can't do the job that they've always done and you're depending on them. So you, you need to have contingency plans in place for all of those things. What is your plan B? Because plan B and sometimes plan C are essential in business, you know, because as we know, things happen. Uh, is there a checklist that we should try and look for? Because I, I am with my audience here. Like while I do have my, my LLC in place and I do have my insurance in place, there's this, okay, but I'm missing something worry now that exists. <laughs> and yeah. what is the something that I might be missing to help protect against that? Does a checklist exist? Have you written one? I actually haven't written a business checklist, but I can do that very easily. I think that would be a really good thing to do because, yes. I, you know, my husband had worked for an electronics company at one time and it was a small electronics firm. They had maybe 15 employees. And what they did is they used optical, they ground optical lenses to measure the chemical composition of substances. And the woman that ground the lenses had been with the company since its founding. And she was 85 years old. And the only person that could grind me because her vision and her ability to grind these lenses was so incredible. And she's 85 years old. And suddenly they realize, oh my God, what would ever happen to us if something happened to Louise? The whole business would be gone. Because without the person to do those lenses, there is nothing. Right. Oh, okay. gosh. 
Fortunately, they did bring somebody in. And over the course of two years, Louise trained her to be able to grind the lenses. And Louise passed away at the age of 87 and a half. That was a close call. Very close call. And I mean, and when you look at your businesses, you have to look at who are the critical personnel. And there's insurance policies for key personnel. There's, um, you know, you have to, when you start a business, you have to start with your exit plan in mind. One of my dear friends um, started a business um, probably about 10 years ago. It was a paper shredding business. She started out with one truck. And when she started her business, she had a six-year plan that she was going to build this up. And in six years, she was going to sell it. Well, by the time five years was, she had 12 trucks and sold her business for millions because she planned from the very beginning that my objective is to sell this business. So well, but Linda, what about the people who like fall into the role that they have? They find a passion of theirs and they start doing it as a side hustle. And before they know it, it's replaced their full-time income and they're able to walk away from their house. They didn't really get into business on purpose. They kind of got there accidentally. Well, I call those the accidental entrepreneurs and many of us are accidental entrepreneurs, you know, because we find our passion and, you know, I mean, at this point I'm 69 years old and I just started a second business. So it's like, I don't even know. I mean, I, I, but I have an exit plan in place for that second business already that at some point somebody is going to buy this business when I build it to the point where I'm, I'm building it. So it, it's, it's thinking bigger. I think too many of us think small. Ooh, that's such a good point. I mean, if you mm. think that, oh, I'm, I'm getting by, I'm making enough money, I'm, okay, but what value are you bringing to the world? How are you impacting the people that you're serving? How can you serve more people? You know, and, and I think planning for growth and then planning for exit are, are things that a lot of entrepreneurs don't handle well. And what happens a lot of times is they get involved in a partnership that doesn't work out. <laughs> and I, I know you shared my, your journey with me on that there's, issue. There's, <laughs> I'm um, going to say there's probably a few people out there who've experienced yeah. that uh, pain, I'm sure. And that's where when you do set, when you do join forces with somebody, you have to have your legal documents in place on how you would sever that relationship should it go awry. Who's responsible for what? What's the financial disbursement going to be? So that one person doesn't end up taking all the marbles and you did all the work. Um, it's, you know, I, I've seen the story too many times and it's not fun when it happens. So if we've already started because we're an accidental entrepreneur and we're hearing this show now, the first thing we need to do is not think about what we should have done, but think about what we can do next. Like, yes, it would have been good to have key personnel policies and X, Y, and Z insurance or whatever in place before you started, but okay, you, you know now that you have to have it. So let's start taking the steps to make them right. available now because the next best time to plant the seed is today. Is today. Yeah. You are so right. And that it's never 
too late to create a plan, if you think about it. No matter how deep the manure is that you're in, <laughs> you know, I'm always looking for the pony because with that much shit, there's got to be a pony around here someplace. <laughs> As my good friend Jamile says, we all have to go through the caca to get to the good stuff. <laughs> And the caca helps us to grow those nutritious fruits and vegetables. So good things can come out of manure. Right. And, <laughs> and, you know, and some of us can learn from other people's mistakes. Some of us learn from our own mistakes and some of us never learn. So even if you're learning from your own mistakes, it, it's like, okay, I can do it differently this time. I can, I can change this. I can add this. Um, it, you, the whole idea of being in business for yourself is how do you protect your business and your livelihood? And, you know, we just had this major snowstorm up here in the Northeast, which typically before the pandemic would have caused pandemonium because all these businesses would have been shut down. With the pandemic, so many people are working from home. It, it, they got through it without a blink because they didn't have to go anywhere in the storm. But what if you have a retail business? What if you have a business that depends on foot traffic? Okay, you have to have a plan in place to remove the snow or to get your your um, your data, but you know your internet back up and running if there's a power failure. And, and that goes to the same thing when there's a, a hurricane or a tornado or you know how do you pick up the pieces? And you start by picking up one piece at a time. You know, that's such a good point because we have had this wonderful opportunity in this year where we've learned to put certain protocols in place, systems in place to allow so many people to work remotely, securely, because a lot of these organizations, I mean, there's security protocols that they need to follow from an infrastructure standpoint right. to help protect identities in some cases, credit card information, certainly so that they don't run into a data breach situation, right? So they've had from an IT perspective have to put all those protocols in place, which is a godsend now for a lot of these organizations when they have a crisis and people don't get to come into the office. Well, that's okay, we've got that all in place. What about if I'm in the office and something happens? Like I know here in North Carolina, we have ServPro and I know ServPro is pretty national organization and they do like um an assessment yeah they yeah. do restoration like if you have a flood in your office or you know. but they do like an assessment too that is kind of like a a map of like where all your major shutoffs are mm -hmm. things like that and I think they do that for free so if you don't know where your business water shutoff is or where your electrical shutoff is or you know, that kind of stuff where your fuse box is, if a fuse blows. Well, that, and that, that is key also because you can minimize the damage if you know how to turn the water off when you have water flooding. You know, I just recently had a pinhole leak in my main water line in my office. Okay. I, I come downstairs and the carpet is like wet. And I'm like, why is the carpet wet? So I looked, okay, it's not the sewer line, it's not the heating system. Then I opened the closet door for the where my main water line comes in and it's spritzing this little pinhole spritz. And I'm like, okay, this is a problem, but I wasn't inches in water. I was just 
the carpet was wet. You were a little so, squishy. Yeah, I was a little squishy. So the importance of that is you've got to dry that out as quickly as possible because otherwise you end up with a mold situation, which is far worse. Oh, uh, gosh, yes, exactly. So I was able to turn the water off. I have a home warranty. So I was able to call them and they sent a plumber who fixed my problem. And then I borrowed a dehumidifier and I ran some fans for three days and everything dried out. In the meantime, I had all kinds of cardboard and boxes on the floor. And fortunately, the water hadn't gotten to that part of the office. So I put everything up on the counters. I, I, you know, I didn't lose anything because I re was able to react quickly. Oh my goodness. Thank goodness for that. So, so that's the benefit of having a, a plan mm -hmm. in advance for when things go awry, you're yeah. able to protect yourself. So Linda, now's a good time for me to ask, how do we get a hold of that book that gives us the like checklist of things that we need to have? Well, you can, um, the, the home planning system, you can get that at the crisisplannerhome.com. And it, it comes with a watertight box where you can put all your documents, which if you have your business, you'll you'll put all your business documents in there, your personal documents and file folders in there. It comes with water leak detectors, which are probably the best thing that I, I've ever seen. They actually set off a 95 decibel alarm when a 16th of an inch of water is detected. And you put them in all the critical places where there's water lines. So like I have one because my office is in my home, I have one in my, by my washing machine and my boiler and my hot water heater and the AC drip pan in the attic, which that's the one that got me because I had a plugged drain and I had a waterfall in my closet. So now with these water leak detectors, it'll alert you when a small amount of water is, is noticed. It comes with circuit breaker labels. It comes with a password book that you can record all your passwords written down because what happens if, if suddenly you have no power and you have no internet and you have to move it someplace else and you can't access your, your internet. You have to use somebody else's computer and you don't have the keeper program on that computer. And you know, so you need to have things written down that you can find things. Except um, I always forget what my passwords are, so I'm changing them every other month. <laughs> I used to have sticky notes all over my computer screen. And you know, and now I just have everything in this little password. password. <laughs> well, that's a handy little device. Yes. Yeah. And it also comes with um, all kinds of really cool stuff, like a, um, a camera cover for your computer so that you can cover the camera when you're not using it. It comes Super with- important. Yeah, because you don't know somebody could be accessing your camera and True. trying on you. <laughs> True. You know? Yeah, we're all like, I, I'm like really kind of paranoid about those things because I, I don't trust <laughs> all the, the internet stuff that much. Um, and it comes with five volumes of books that you can put all of your information in. And one is just telling you what to do when something goes wrong, what all the systems are. And it applies as much to your, you know, your building if you're in an office or your home. I mean, you could utilize it in either location and you just kind of go through it and you, you start with what do you start? You start with what you have and then you fill in what you're missing. Absolutely. And you organize it and then you communicate it. So four simple steps. And Fantastic. 
Thank you, Linda. So I have a question for you. Yes. Because you're always prepared. So what, what, what's been the biggest challenge that you've had to face in your life or in um, your business? Let's see. The biggest challenge, well, I would have to say was losing my husband when he passed away four years ago. Mm. And although because I'm the crisis planner, we had everything organized and planned down to the last detail of his funeral that I was able to celebrate his life. And instead of being in a panic and, and just being um, lost. Mm. And that is the greatest gift that you can give to your family mm -hmm. is to really give them the gift of being prepared for when something goes wrong, because mm -hmm. it's, it happens and it can happen to anyone at any time. Yeah. And you don't want to be that lost soul that is like totally, uh, you don't know what to do. I knew what to do and I moved forward and. Uh, it gave you it, the it, ability to grieve and move on with your life. Right. I was able to mm -hmm. grieve because I wasn't panicked. Mm -hmm. I was able yeah. to grieve and also celebrate the years we had together. Mm. So it, it was, that was probably my biggest challenge. And it's certainly there are moments when it still hits you, you know, you have these soog moments, you know, sudden outburst of grief. I look at a can of sardines and I start crying because he loved sardines. And it's like, how stupid is that? But, you know, it's like, okay. But I, you need to embrace those moments as well. You know, I, uh, when I'm having one of those down moments, I allow myself to feel all the emotion of being down. Mm -hmm. And then half hour later, I said, okay, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> that is such a good question. What are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. Because so, it forces you to stop feeling sorry for yourself and stop being in the, the story that's playing on repeat in your head that's making you feel down. It right. forces you to like snap out of that right. and move into another activity or action. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And But when you're like in that moment, taste the salt of your tears, feel that everything that you want, want to feel, feel it all. It's okay. Mm. And then release it because it's so cathartic to be able to have that feeling and let it go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then you go forward. And I mean, business owners have this happen to them all the time. They run into roadblocks, they run into, you know, oh, I was, I'm expecting this big order and then it doesn't come in, <clears throat> you know, and you get I had up. that happen on a trade <sighs> show floor. Once I was doing trade show management, um, for an organization here locally and for an international show out in Las Vegas, because that's where a lot of the international shows take place. And one of my clients had one of those big hanging signs. Well, the sign didn't show up. The sign shipped a whole week before the rest of the display. Sign wasn't there. We don't know where it was. So we had to not only remake it, but reship it like two days before the show was supposed to open and get it hung after the rest of the booth was already built, which doesn't happen. The sign goes up first, right. then the booth, right? because they can't get the lifts in to get the sign up. But we didn't have the time because we're East Coast, Las Vegas is West Coast. We didn't have the time 
to wait to install the rest of the display. We had to install the display and then we had to get them to raise the sign after. And that I was think, And I something. think that is the most important, you know, because, okay, something went wrong. What are you gonna do about it? How do you fix it? What is the, what is the best course of action to fix it? Instead of wallowing in the fact that it went wrong, how can I make this better? How can I get through this? And with the best possible outcome. And, you know, as entrepreneurs, we are resilient that way mm -hmm. because, you know, most of us are one, one person bands, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, that didn't work. Uh, how, how can I try that differently? Or, you know, the, the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Yes. So, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, you have to use your creative and imagination to, to get through some of the stuff that, that comes your way. Somebody said once, we can't think our way out of the challenge that we find ourselves in, in the same brain that put us in the challenge to begin with. So how do we change our brain so that we can find that creative solution? Because creativity doesn't live in the same space as sorrow and depression and self-doubt. And I think that's where having mentors and mastermind partners, people that maybe are different businesses, different backgrounds, mm. when you have a problem being able to go to someone and say, I don't know how to fix this. And it's like, they look at a problem from a completely different perspective. And it's like, oh, did you try this? And you're like, oh my God, that never occurred to me. And, and it's one of the reasons why I've created the science labs now, because I want to teach children how to use their imagination and creativity and become those problem solvers because schools are not teaching them that. Yeah. And a child looks at things in such a pure way that they will look at a problem and say, oh, why don't we do it this way? And they'll say, I never thought of it because <laughs> we are so entrenched in our system of, of thought process that we can't see it. You think about it. The greatest mathematical minds are usually 12 years old or younger. Theoretical physicists peak at 14. Wow. Because they're not bound by all the baggage that we all carry. Mm. So if you could release the baggage and the way I do it is I have a mastermind group that I meet with every Tuesday. I have mentors that I, I, I know and trust that I bounce things off of. And, you know, is this a good idea or is this, you know, is this going to work? And you get their perspective and then you can create the solution that you need. So I, for me, that's probably the biggest, you know, key and, and probably, one of my, the greatest gifts to me was Women's Prosperity Network, yeah. because that gives me access to masterminds and mentorship and just coaching and everything that I need as a solopreneur. And amazing opportunities for speaking engagements yes. and connections and relationships. And connections. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because the sure. people that I have met through Women's Prosperity Network, like you and, you know, and so many amazing women doing amazing things. Yes. And we tend to, as women, 
belittle our accomplishments. We don't tend to celebrate our the things that we're doing right. And I think Women's Prosperity Network encourages us all to celebrate not only our lives, but our businesses, our accomplishments, and really love ourselves and love what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not in love with what you're doing, why are you doing it? Yeah. I always say stop doing it immediately. <laughs> Go find something that you can exactly. love. Yeah. Because exactly. it, it's this life is too short. And, and while we do get to live the life every day, we get 365 days in every year that we're alive to live life to its fullest. Why spend it in misery doing something that you hate and don't love? Like there's just no point to that. And then the other lesson is the past is in the past. You can't change the past. You only have control of what's happening right now, this minute, this day. You release the past, release any of the baggage and the, the things that have gone wrong in your life in the past. If you let that go, yeah. it frees you to truly live. And that's the joy of, of what I do. And I every day I get to, it's a magical day, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Because what you're doing is you're freeing our worry because we, we can walk around here. Like I talk to my parents all the time. They're down in Florida. They worry about hurricanes all the time. And it's like, you could worry about a hurricane every day of your life, or you could prepare and have a plan for when a hurricane comes and then never worry about one again, because right. you know, what's going to, you know, what you're going to do when it happens. Right. Like, and then it's, it just frees you so much from that worry. So having that preparedness plan is so important. And, and what was that? Other, the- the other thing that people forget mm. is if you lose things, they're only things. Yes. You, your priority always is to protect lives. And your life has value. So I don't care how much you love your home, how much you love your car. If they tell you to evacuate, evacuate. Because we can't get you back if you don't mm-hmm. make it through the storm. And a friend of mine lost her aunt during Michael, not Michael. Was it Michael? Was that the one that hit North the, Carolina? The panhandle. Uh, oh, that? no, that was um, Katrina, I think. No, no, no. It, it was just recent. Um, oh. Um, and it hit this little town and, and, you know, in the panhandle. And this 85-year-old woman said, I've been through all these hurricanes. I don't need to go anywhere. I'm staying in my house. And they found her body three three weeks later mm. because the house collapsed. Mm. So it's it's not yeah I think it was Hurricane Michael. Oh, it's not worth staying for. You know okay. so things are now ne- you know things can be replaced yeah. and things need to be released. Sometimes we're carrying around so much crap that you know it's like oh I need to let this stuff go. <laughs> Sometimes know? it's a blessing when something comes yeah. and takes that stuff away. Yes. Exactly. Then you don't have the burden of going through it and having all those memories and then like trying to release it when you really just like oh but I just had this beautiful memory of this thing and I don't want to let it go. No. If you haven't looked at it or touched it in six months, let it go without looking at it. I promise you'll be okay. <laughs> in most cases, yeah. So if you had one tip to give our listeners today, and I know we're coming up 
on our time. If there was one tip you could give everybody that you wish that you could give your younger self, what would that tip be? Okay, my tip for my younger self, find joy in every day, be prepared for the unexpected and celebrate. Mm. I love it. Find joy in every day. And I love the find joy in every day and celebrate because they kind of go together. If you're finding the joy in every day, then you're finding the little things to celebrate. And that helps your mind to start <sighs> focusing on those positive places where you can be creative in a crisis. Because if your mind is used to finding the creativity and the joy and the, the good things, then even in a crisis, your mind will automatically go to that resourceful place. I mean, anybody who's ever been through a really bad hurricane where the winds are blowing and the, there's flooding and it, the trees are coming down and the day after the storm when the sun comes out and you're standing in the sunshine and you feel it on your face and it, it's telling you that everything is going to be okay mm. and celebrate that really because everything will be okay. You know, we've lost so many people during the pandemic, but we've also welcomed so many new babies. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like, I, I, you know, friends on Facebook, you know, uh, oh, an aunt passed away and then a cousin has a child. And so it's, that's the yin and yang of life. It's, it's that circle of life that is so, you know, we don't know when our train is getting to the final station. So take every day and make something, make something special out of it. And that's really the way I look at my life. So I try to make every day special. It's so good, Linda. Thank you so much. What again is the best way for people to get in touch with you? Well, they can go to my website, lindafostek.com. And that's F-O-S-T-E-K.com. And, uh, or you can go to Linda Fostek e and email me at Linda Fostek at thecrisisplanner.com. Very good. Thank you so much, Linda, for taking the time today. To our listening audience, let us know that this information has served you today. Leave a comment below, subscribe, share this video with your friends, do something to let us know that this material is exactly what you needed to hear to help you be better prepared in a crisis. I'm Terry with Spin Frogs, your chief idea catcher over here at Spin Frogs. And thank you for tuning in to another terrific tips for business. Until next time, everybody. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you've enjoyed the show, help us share it by leaving us a review. Also, make sure to follow us at Spin Frogs, that's S-P-I-N-F-R-O-G-S, at Facebook, and Instagram to be notified about our future episodes.